Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. As we get our week started, you know, I love Mondays. I just want to thank God that he is always in the midst of our difficulties. If you're having one today, he is our shield and our protector in times of trouble. And we can always trust him to lift our heads up and give us hope. He hears our prayers and answers our cries for help. And he will always sustain us and give us the rest that we need. I'm just so grateful that we're back together for the week. I'm looking forward to our time together today. I've got a great show lined up. Patrick Albanese will be joining me in just seconds. And then the Monday afternoon mix and hour two, Dr. Doug Gruthaus will be with me uh, for the whole hour. So that's going to be a wonderful show. My first guest always helps me get things started on Mondays. He is my uh, friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome. Hey, thanks. I, are we are we are we compatriots or colleagues? Eh, I'm not sure we're either. Is there a difference? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think we're buddies. You know, I mean, I think we're are we buddies. old enough to be considered compatriots? I don't even know what that. How do you use I've never that in the right uniform, context? But, yeah, I mean, I I wore a Boy Scout uniform for two weekends. That was a. Uh, <laughs> extent of that but i because we're getting well we're old enough i actually you know it's funny and i know i've told you this i've never thought of myself as somebody who would ever consider retiring i figured i'm just gonna be one of those guys that's gonna i'm just gonna work and work and work because i love to work but now that i've had a job for 10 days i'm seriously reconsidering and i may (laughs) i may file (laughs) retirement papers i don't think i've got a whole lot vested yet (laughs) you know who's got a strong work ethic is that william shatner guy it's un- So he turns 90 today. 90 years old. 90 years old. And if you've seen him, you always see him on, he's in something somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, he'll, he'll do things and it'll be recent and you'll say, that he's 90. Yeah. Uh, he still looks pretty good. And he looks really good, uh, really, when you think about it, better than you and me. And uh, he doesn't seem to have lost any kind of step whatsoever. But uh, it, the fact that, uh, you know, even showbiz, which is traditionally pretty ageist, you know, they're like, eh, you know, you're over the age of 40. We're not interested anymore. Still puts him to work because he's still a draw. People still like to watch him. He's, Captain, he's Captain Kirk. Well, I mean, you think about it. He, you know, so he did, he did Captain Kirk. Uh, and uh, my mom and I used to watch that show because that was a show that my mom liked. So when I was a kid, we would watch that show. And, you know, uh, Shatner would start out, you know, episode one of the season and he'd be a little bit chunky. And by the 23rd episode, <laughs> he would have lost a whole bunch of weight. <laughs> so you, could, you, could, you, could, you could see his weight loss program was to keep working, which is probably why he's still so fit now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but then he had, you know, what he had, uh, how many shows has he had? He had Rescue 911. Where it, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it was on for years. And then um, there was some other strange TJ Hooker, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And I, he's been in everything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think keeping on working is maybe the secret to 
um, you know, staying healthy, happy. And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're supposed to be here for a while doing, you know, I have some friends that are heavily into the Bible and fitness, and they think that we're supposed to take care of ourselves because our older years are when we'll do our most uh, um, uh, important work for God. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're no longer these young people that are either, you know, looking to start a career or start a family. We're past all that, and we can devote this energy and even some of our retirement years. He says, we need to be healthy for that because that is, and you look into the Bible, and there are many people that started, you know, it's, there was, you had to figure there was quite a few characters saying, you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is uh, good news for Minnesota. The first time since April 13th, we've reported zero deaths in its daily situation updates for COVID-19. That's a good a good piece of news. I always like to start with something a little exciting and encouraging. I don't know at what point we'll be safe enough, though. Yeah, I, I don't, because I don't think we'll ever get to zero cases. I, I think this is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Just like other things that uh, you know, I think people still get... Um, uh, Legionnaire's disease. They do. Remember that was yeah. Thing. And I think I, I I looked it up recently. Then there's still quite a few thousand cases per year. So you can never completely eradicate something once it appears. But I wonder when people will feel safe to go out. It's important that we get back to normal life and get moving again. I you sent me some stats that were a little troubling. That 42 percent of Americans have reported undesired weight gain during COVID nineteen. Forty two. That's a, and that's a big number. It, it is a big number. And I, what was the, I, I think I have to find the uh, it, average it, weight gain, 29 pounds and 41 pound weight gain for millennials. Wow. So that's, if you say that's, okay, that's the average weight gain. That means that some people gained a lot more than 41. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's uh, obviously being cooped up has not worked out well. Yeah. And obesity is one of those comorbidities that it, I think what was the recent stat, like 78% of uh, the people that died from COVID were obese or had uh, some of the a comorbidity related to obesity, some some heart disease or diabetes. And so now it seems like we're compounding the problem by pounding, by compounding, yeah, <laughs> by adding pounds, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have to get out and about. Yeah, not but, to mention sales of chips are up 407%. That's just in your place alone, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, I've, I recently got one of those smartwatches that uh, counts your steps, and it is surprisingly difficult uh, at times to get to 10,000 steps. Now, I'll have a day like today. I'll, I'll get up, and uh, I'll be extremely active, and by 9 o'clock, I'll be at 5,500 steps. Mm-hmm. And then I finished the day at like 5102. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So you what start happened. strong. I start really, I say, how can I miss this goal? Mm-hmm. It's nine o'clock. I'm more than halfway there. Yeah. And then you know, I'll look at the watch at, at you know, 10 o'clock at night and uh, I'm in bed. <laughs> so I'm probably not going to be getting up. And uh, sure enough, I'll, I'll be at like 7,200. So somehow or another, I dropped the ball. Luckily, the dog has still got a lot of energy. And if I attach the watch to his back leg, I can get those. Uh, That's nice. That feels good then, doesn't it? I take him out in the back. I let him just run around the backyard. You you bark at some squirrels. <laughs> Go have some fun. Yeah. Now, Patrick, people don't want to pay for irony anymore. And you, you've got a little piece of irony I think you can share regarding the unfortunate fall that uh, President Biden had going up Air Force One last week. Yeah. 
So he stumbled, and you know, so that of course, like happens with any president, they they say that uh, you know the world is laughing at us. But uh, and, and and honestly, I think you know they they did a little bit of spin. They say the wind blew him over, um, whatever. Uh, you know, it's I, I think he if you if you watch him trying to get up the stairs initially, it looked like what he was trying to do is show off just a little bit. You know, by look, look how quickly I can get up the stairs, and that's when I tend to trip. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, when I say, yeah, look but, at me. Yeah, but the point is, is how the press has responded, and I think the point you have is um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, everybody goes into their camps, and one side says, well, he's obviously not fit to be president, and the other ones say it's just an allergy. Uh, you know, it, but um, you know, Gerald Ford was. Mocked mercilessly for, I mean, everybody, you mentioned Gerald Ford and, and people either say who, <laughs> or they say, oh, that's the, the, the clumsy president that was always tripping and falling. Well, he yeah. really felt one time he tripped down some stairs. Not to mention he was a, a, a standout football player at Michigan. Yeah. And they say that the reason he tripped was it's just an old nagging football injury. Yeah. But uh, that became the the meme right that became the thing that Gerald Ford was known for and then clumsy Chevy oaf. Chase clumsy oaf and mm -hmm. then Chevy Chase of course turned it into this it was pretty hysterical bit where we were young watching Saturday Night Live and he would do those Pratt falls and uh, I I know that you know it was funny to watch but we didn't know at the time that it was all based on one single fall and this image was created of this Gerald Ford being quite clumsy and he wasn't uh, in real life but. That's that was the takeaway. But here's what I found that was really kind of oddly ironic about the whole thing. Uh, Chevy Chase did so many of these pratfalls because people wanted to see him do the Gerald Ford bit that uh, he ended up in severe back pain, which led to an addiction to painkillers. Uh, severely addicted. And he finally decided to seek treatment and he ended up going to the Betty Ford Clinic. So Gerald Ford's wife, who had opened a clinic to treat addiction, gets one of the patients, hits Chevy Chase. I, I, I can't even imagine, you know, the first day she was still alive at the time. You know, Chevy Chase probably walks in and she says, so what are you here for? He says, making fun of your husband. <laughs> There's but some irony, the, though. Yeah, there is irony, but also think of the, the kindness in her heart. Not that she would turn him away. Right. But she also understood that no matter, you know, you, you've painted my husband and this is how everybody thinks of him and you're the guy responsible for that, but you're welcome here because you have a problem. Yeah. You have a, an addiction and it's killing you and you need help and we can give that to you. And they saved him. Yeah, they, they yeah. did. They did a beautiful job with him there. Yeah. And again, I don't, I don't think they would turn him away, but I, I do find that, you know, the kindness that must have obviously been extended to him saying, I, you know, whatever happened, happened, you have a serious problem and this needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, it, of course, it causes concern when you see presidents go up and down those stairs. I mean, I, I almost feel fortunate for uh, President Biden that at least he fell going up. I mean, you could fall going down, you could be in a lot of trouble. So, I mean, yeah. I, I hope they figure some precaution or he just holds the handrail and is very careful on the way down and, and yeah. up. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, part of it, uh, and this will, I'm sure, happen to you and I, um, if it hasn't already happened, but as we as we get a little bit older, you know, we, you know, you and I sometimes joke about, you know, still being able to take steps two at a time, mm -hmm. but they will come when we, when we cannot take them two at a time, and the way we're going to find out is we're going to trip on them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Ah, when you're done taking them two at a time, well, that day will come.
that day will come. And I, and I do think that, you know, uh, Joe Biden is probably a very proud guy. Uh, I, I, I tend to look at anybody who says I should be in charge of the world as having maybe a slightly high sense of themselves. And I, I don't think like anybody else, he enjoys getting old. And I bet there's just a part of him that would love to do, because you know, if you look at old videos of him, he was Joe the Sprinter. Yeah, he you was. Know, he was a, yeah. He was very glib. Very spry. Uh, very spry. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and that's, you know, we don't want that to happen to any of us. No, I we agree. Don't like, I agree. And I, I think that's part of why I don't like to see it in anybody else, because I say that day's coming. Yeah. If I'm lucky, that day's coming. Yeah. So, Patrick, yeah. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about a, a Duluth priest that just read the Bible. And it, it, uh, his podcast went to number one, and it's already been listened to by 33 million people. And it got out in the Star Tribune Minneapolis newspaper, I think yesterday. And I'm stunned at some of the responses from readers. I'm going to read you a few when we come back. Patrick Albanese is my guest. We'll be right back. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome back. We're with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. All right, Patrick, during the break, you sent me a teaser. You said 1959 Volkswagen. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. You're hanging me out to dry here. What does that mean? And it's you should know this. The, there was a 1959 Volkswagen. This is how far ahead the Volkswagen people were. Is the only automobile that had a, an in-dash coffee maker. <laughs> is that right? It's true. They had, and it was kind of. I think it was the old brew, you know, like the percolator. So it didn't really <laughs> do very well, and your coffee had a little bit of an antifreeze taste to it. But it made. It actually made me think when I saw that. I was like. You know, my car has so many features. Why do, these days with those, you know, the single cup servings? Yeah. Why could you not put that into a car? And for example, my car and and the dash, it's so sophisticated that if I drift a little bit and out of the lanes, it, it kind of puts a little thing up, and it says, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> you 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 drifted over here," and and it actually shakes the steering wheel a little bit to kind of jolt me back to reality. And after, if I do that three times in under like ten minutes. I'm not kidding. It puts a big steaming cup of coffee image in my middle of my dash, <laughs> basically suggesting, why don't you pull over and get a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. I think that's really quite brilliant. They should just put a Keurig type machine right in the dash. That's not and a, then ba- a little, that's yeah, not a bad little idea. Well, yeah, yeah. And I get a cup of coffee. So yeah. we're not going to pull over and get coffee. Here it is. Yeah, because the vending machines from the 70s, it would be coffee, tea or soup. And they all come through that one white hose. Yeah, and I think they. I don't know. So you, I, I, if you've ever, if you never had chicken noodle coffee, folks, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty tasty. Just so you know. Oh, that was some uh, some pretty terrible coffee. Yeah. Some pretty terrible coffee. All so right. there you go. Nineteen fifty nine right. Volkswagen. They did it, and it never came back. So this uh, Catholic priest up in Duluth, he, uh, I talked to him a while ago, and he was going to just read through the Bible in a year. And it was iTunes' most popular podcast for 17 consecutive days, went to number one, and it still remained on Apple Apple's top 15 list ever since, and it's been downloaded more than 33 million times. And he reads the Bible, okay? 
So it just he's, occurred to he's me. He's even providing commentary. He's just reading it as is. He's reading. I, he'll make some comments, um, you know, at the end. So, and he's expressive and, uh, you know, he's easy to listen to. Uh, he but might he, you know, spell things out, like saying, we don't smite as much as we used to. We, we do much <laughs> less smiting. Yes. Well, what I found interesting is when they put an article in the Star Tribune, Minneapolis paper, and some of the comments made by listener, by readers, just gives you an idea of how people feel about faith today. Now, granted, there were 205 responses on the website, and most of them went something like this, and I've just pulled out about four or five of them here. Yeah. Um, a podcast. Religion has come a long way. I used to have to cut up and examine the entails of sheep and poultry to divine God's will. Progress indeed. If I was God, there would be world peace. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, most people don't need an imaginary friend, a friend once they grow up. It doesn't bother me until religious folk try to impose their beliefs on me. Unfortunately, that happens too frequently, and that says more about them than it does about me. Religion, yeah. using lies, fear, and hatred to suck the wealth and hope out of poor, desperate humans for centuries. Completely backwards. Oof, yeah. That's completely... And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, when you talk about trying to impose beliefs on someone, does that include things like, thou shalt not murder? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know it's just great advice, generally speaking, uh, and you can say, well, you know, if the Bible hadn't come up with it, then uh, we probably would have come up with it. And I say, oh, I don't know. You've seen some of the countries in the world that, uh, you know, turn a blind eye to this that are non-religious countries. You know, maybe maybe we do need it uh, to remind us. Yeah, but uh, why? So why the negativity? Why do you think that is? Um, because most people are on the broad road to destruction. And they you know, want when company. Some, when somebody <laughs> says, "When somebody says God isn't real," it amazes me that people in this day and age still believe in fairy tales. That was another comment on the website. So you introduce the idea of a man reading the Bible, and this, these are the kind of remarks you get. So, is there yeah, uh, see. are there lost people in the world? Yes. What do they want to hear yeah. from us? Uh, another uh, reader said, "When the leader of the largest Christian denomination called." Call me a sinner because of who I love and married. I want nothing to do with any of them. Well, I, I can certainly understand that person's point of view because uh, when somebody, you and I, we talk about this occasionally. We, we know people that are struggling with various addictions and we've done our best to try and help some people. And uh, the last thing those people generally want to hear is the truth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, it's usually hitting a very bad place that they finally say, I'm ready for the truth. And, and I wish it weren't that way. I, I, I wish it weren't true about me either. Mm -hmm. That sometimes I need to be in a very bad place to say, okay, God, I, I give up. I'm ready to listen. Yeah. But they, uh, he's always been there. Yes. People are, <laughs> are blinded. Um, and it also is a reminder of how much we have to love on people because yes. they, they've got walls up that we're going to have a hard time reaching them unless they feel like we understand them, love them, and care about them. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's uh, one of those comments you read about, you know, the one that said, it amazes me that people in this day and age believe in fairy tales. Uh, I, I wish I could tell you the number of people that I would meet in Los Angeles that they, they would say something like that and they'd say, well, you know, I'm a Capricorn, and as a Capricorn, <laughs> I don't believe in fairy tales. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're a typical Capricorn. Is that, 
you know, I, my response was always, well, I'm a typical Capricorn, and as a typical Capricorn, I don't believe in astrology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it's, you know, it. I know that, is, I think it's paraphrasing C.S. Lewis, those who don't believe in God, or is that Chesterton? Right. We I could finish, have my geniuses mixed up. I, I'm, I might have confused my geniuses up. Okay. But, you know, if they don't believe in God, they'll believe in anything. And in it's true. I knew a magician out in Los Angeles that wouldn't, if somebody offered him a job performing somewhere, he'd say, first I must uh, consult my astrological chart. Wow. And he'd have to see where moons were rising. And I don't even know how all of it works. But he would <laughs> not take, take a job if, if his astrological chart said, yeah. it looks like a bad day for you. Yeah. We just, we just consulted our creditors. Yep. I got bills to pay. Yeah, that's yeah. That was Bank of America was who I consulted. Yeah, it was usually it wasn't even a consult. It was more if you guys could just hang on a couple of days. I have a a gig coming up. Yeah, so oh, it's, it hurts me to see this though. Yeah, I got a nice uh, just to wrap things up on a super high note here. I got a nice letter from a listener named Jim, and he uh, said that he oh. heard you and I speak, and it reminded him of a letter he presented to his fourteen-year-old grandsons about a year ago. And so I want to I want to read the whole thing because it's lovely. And he said, "I'm very proud to watch you grow into manhood. What does it mean to be a man? You will move into more responsibility. You will see and understand more of what is going on around you. Then you will be able to make wise and sometimes hard decisions to do the right thing. Your parents and grandparents will be ready and willing to give you advice and support, but we will also give you the freedom to make decisions and take actions on your own. Choose wisely." Your parents may overrule that freedom when it is in your best interest to do so. Respect their decisions because they will always do what is best for you in the long run. As you grow, your decisions will have more consequences. Choose wisely. Little decisions in the right or wrong directions will lead to bigger consequences in the right or wrong direction. Choose wisely. How do you choose wisely? Read God's Word. Listen to God's Word. Listen to the advice of godly people. Remember, your parents and grandparents are deeply for you and want the best for you. Trust God, listen to godly wisdom, choose wisely. I want you to write below the decisions you've made to move that moved your Christian faith forward. Then once a year at your birthday, I want you to share them with us. I love you, Grandpa. Wow. Uh, if I just could borrow that from when my kids have kids and I change the names. <laughs> Garcia will. <laughs> It's really, that's, it. and choose wisely is always, you know, my, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, my wife's, you know, secret to a successful marriage. Choose wisely, treat kindly. Mm, I like that. Choose so, wisely always works. Yeah. I, it's a lovely, kind note and inspirational one to end on. Patrick, have a great day. Thanks. You too. You bet. Patrick, Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a little break. You know what's up next? Because it is Monday already, and it is time, believe it or not, for the Monday afternoon mix. That means Pastor David Miles. We'll be right back.
breath when I pause. Because that's the music that gets us into the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota, and also adjunct professor right here at the University of Northwestern. Pastor David Miles, welcome. Hey there, Bill. How you doing? Man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to our time together today. Always look forward to seeing you on Monday, and today is no exception. Well, good to see you as well. Mm-hmm. Love seeing Bill and seeing <laughs> Rosie. Yeah. Hiya. Are you going to sing my name? Oh. Give it um, a shot. No. Give it a shot. Come I'm on. Rosie. That's pretty good. I'll take that. We'll go with that, right? I'll go with that. Don't, don't want to scare anybody. And Take what you can get, Rosie. I'm taking it. It's a great way to start the week. Bill, you want to sing something? No, I don't want to sing. You sure? No, I don't want to sing. So are you like a, a bass, a baritone, or tenor? I was, I was a soprano through eighth grade. I sang in the boys' choir. And then, then I, you know, that boys go through puberty like Tuesday at one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's all over. Yeah. You can't hit another high note. You're done. Well, I wasn't going to sing, you know, because I, I didn't want someone to, you know, say, like, you should sing tenor, you know, 10 or 12 miles from here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll just give you the one, the, the one rosy. Yeah. You know. you it was your, good and I like it. Thank yeah. you. I like that. So, Sweet. David, you got your Bible open. You got highlights everywhere. You got notes everywhere. You got things underlined everywhere. I love that Bible. Oh, I, I enjoy my word. Yeah. And, um, it's it's fun to go through it and just to think through the various things that are being said, um, the ways that things connect together, um, and just just to see the the beauty and the the wisdom in God's word and how it's structured. And you know, I, I remember someone saying, you know, you have the Bible written and it's over hundreds, thousands of years. And you have 66 different books, and yet when you read them, you know, they just, they, they, come, to, they come together in such a sweetness. You know, mm-hmm. you have Daniel that's written, you know, hundreds of years before Revelation, but, you know, you're able to understand Revelation more with Daniel and Daniel with Revelation. And so, same with the Psalms and, and looking at the life of Jesus and Jesus being the son that David writes about in the Psalms, you know, Psalm 2. So... So it's it's really fun, and I and I I encourage people to you know get a highlighter and a marker and you know write in their word and enjoy yeah. their Bible, yeah. mark it up, make notes, yeah, yeah, write thoughts down, and write um, you know write little notes to yourself, and it's fun to go through uh, scripture and and then to see places where I've written a date down, you know. I was reading my old Cambridge wide margin the other day and, and came across a note from like 2007, you know, and then it's like, you're sitting there reflecting on here were the things that were going on. Here's the ways that the Lord, um, was, was encouraging, speaking, challenging. And, um, you know, I think that's what the psalmist says, like in Psalm 118, when he's talking about, you know, meditating and thinking back on the things that God has done. And, uh, that's one rich thing about having 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 God's word. It's like a little mini journal too. I mean, it does help you document dates, times you met, things that happened. I mean, you always want to be creating a testimony to God's faithfulness in your life. Answered prayer, two thousand seven, and you look back and you go, "Oh, I remember that. That was awesome." Yeah, and so that's mark them up. that's that's one of the things. Yeah, mark it up. Mark it up. Mark when, it up. When it gets so worn out. You can put it on a shelf and then get another one. Yep. Or you can have it rebound. Yeah, that's um, true. 
And I had that as a gift for one of my other Bibles, uh, a, a gentleman in um, Ohio, dear brother named Terry. Uh, incredible story for Terry. Terry had been at a church uh, literally for 40 years. And uh, him and his wife were separated. He woke up one morning and he said the Lord told him, said, Terry, go to church. And so he got in his car and he, he drove to a church and the parking lot was empty. And so he went on and then he came to another church and there were a few cars there and he was kind of like, you know, nope. And maybe at that time I might have, you know, went home and, you know, had some food. Uh, but then he drove to a third church. And when he got there, he sat in the parking lot and just something didn't resonate. And then he remembered there was a church that his dad went to on Stelton Road in Xenia, Ohio. And so he uh, got in his car and he kept driving. And when he came to the T in the road at, you know, South Detroit Street, uh, he looked to the left and across the field was the church that I served at. And it's that one day where, you know, you're really happy people show up late. You know? <laughs> and so he saw people walking in and he saw cars in the lot. And he said, you know, there must be something going on. There's still people going in. I'm going to go there. And so he drove in, came in, and he was sitting in the back, and one of my other pastor elders was was, uh, was preaching, and afterwards they talked, and he said, you know, I felt like, you know, what you were saying applied to me. Um, and, you know, he said, I, I may come back. And so the following week, we came back from vacation, and uh, he was there, and afterwards came up and, and talked with me, found out, you know, he goes, it's, it's, I'm coming back to church after 40 years. And uh, I looked at him and I said, you know, what are you doing Wednesday? And he's like, nothing. I said, you want to grab some coffee um, at Tim Hortons? And he said, sure. And so we met for coffee. And, and his story was that when he was a younger boy, um, he went to church and it was his grandmother um, who who took him, his grandmother and grandfather. Uh, but his 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 dad and his family and them, they ended up moving to Florida and when they moved, they stopped going to church. And so, now listen, grandparents, as hear me on this. Here, here's, a, here's a young, an older man, and he's sharing the story that it was his grandparents who, who took him to church and were pouring into them. And it's when they moved away, then they stopped going. So the power of grandparents and great aunts and uncles and, and coaches and the like is huge. So, so... So don't miss this. Um, but he was down there and, you know, just the, eventually moved back. Um, and so literally it was 40 years. So we went out and had, had, had coffee and was just sitting there talking with him. And he's sharing his story with me. And in the midst of it, I said, the Lord was like, you know what? I want you to share the gospel with him. And so took out a piece of paper, wrote down Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And we just walk through the verse, you know, a couple words, wages, what are those? You know, he's like things that, you know, I get paid for that I do, money that I earn. You know, sin, what's that? Not looking for a big theological word. And he's like, I don't know, the things that we do wrong, you know. And it's March Madness, so like shooting basketballs. If you make 100 free throws out of 100, you're perfect. But if you miss one, you're not perfect. And so we talked about how one of the words for sin is missing the mark. And then we talked about death. And uh, it had happened that his um, mom had died, and he, he had shared how hard that was years before that. And then we transferred to the word but, one of the most important words in that, and saying this is really doggy news. The wages that we do 
are sin and they earn death. And then we walk through, you know, a gift. What is that? Something that's freely given. You can't earn it. Who's God? Not looking for a big theological thing. And he, he just listed off that. And then what's, what's um, eternal life? And so we, we talked about this big gap here between sinful man and a holy God. And how do you get there? I mean, like, you know, we try to do it by going to church and doing all the right things and, and, and the like, but we fall short. And, you know, Bill, um, if you and I were sitting on a dock in, in San Francisco, you know, uh, Bill Withers sitting on the dock of the bay, you know that? Love that song. So if you and I decided, hey, let's have a contest and uh, we're going to swim to Hawaii, who do you think is going to win? Mm, neither. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, are you, are, so are you saying like more than likely I, I might swim you know, maybe a mile or two and become fish bait. And you probably, you probably make about 20, 25, 30 miles. Yeah. Oh, you're nice. Swimming. Um, yeah. But we both be fish bait. Okay. Yeah. And, and why is that? Uh, because the distance is too great. Right. It's unachievable. And we, and we lack within ourselves the capacity to bridge the swimming from the dock in San Francisco mm-hmm. to Hawaii. And in the same way, human beings, we lack the capacity to bridge as sinful man with a holy God. And we moved on to the other part of the verse that just says, you know, what did God do? Christ Jesus. And so drew a cross from sinful man to a holy God. And uh, we walk through what Jesus did, that this helps to explain Christmas, that God came into the world, and it helps to explain Easter and Good Friday. So so the, the beautiful thing of it was, um, you know, him being able to see uh, this this beautiful picture, what God had done. And, you know, it, it was just amazing that the gospel in one piece of paper, one one page. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and this became one of those argumentative conversations that I tell you about, that as we walk through the gospel and receiving this gift by grace is when he had a disagreement with me. And the disagreement was, yeah, but that can't be for me. And it's like, no, Terry, that's really for you. No, you don't understand the things that I've done. That can't be for me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but but I have to do something. I mean, like, that that really can't... Are you serious? Like, you know, but, but I've made these mistakes, you know? And it's like, nope, in Christ you are fully known, fully loved, with no fear of rejection. And uh, watching the lights turn off, Bill, or turn on, and... Uh, Today in my office, I have a Bible because this man who, um, maybe when we come back from the break, we'll tell the rest of his story uh, of how he came to faith and the impact of it um, was so profound. And, you know, David, I'm not the most persuasive guy, but I'm going back to the being on the dock uh, in San Francisco and the options are try to swim to Hawaii. I would try to talk you into just going to the wharf and getting lobster and that melted butter. That would be way better. Wouldn't that be good? That would be good. Versus like trying to swim to Hawaii. I would yeah. try to sell you on that idea. I, I, I think, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, you, you wouldn't have to sell me sell me <laughs> too much, especially when it comes to the clam chowder. Do you like clam chowder? I do like it. I love yeah, clam chowder. I do too. You know, and, and I'm have, getting hungry. Have, have, I've searched I, all over. Don't, let's not talk food. I've traveled a bunch of places and I don't know if I can, you know, do this or not, but one of the, seriously, one of the best clam chowders that I've had to date has been at Granite City. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's this a is, good tip because that's yes. accessible to many people. It is. Yes, like me tonight. There you go. Yeah. Fridays though, only on oh, Fridays. Oh, thanks for that tip, boy. So. You know, Matt. Well, yeah. You know how mad I would have been to show up on a Monday night and there's no clam chowder. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I'd pretty, come. I'd come looking for you. Pretty rough. So. <laughs> All right, we'll take a little break. We we'll come back. Lots more with the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles is, of course, my guest. We'll be right back. Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles. David, you were right at the break. We were talking about an interesting transition. Yes. Let's have one. You know, really interesting <laughs> transitions is um, we were just talking about uh, the reality of how God has made it possible through Christ for us to be sinful human beings, to have a relationship with the Holy God. And, 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 and was telling the story about a, of, a, of a man who had been at a church for 40 years who God led him to come to church. He, him and his wife were separated, and he showed up, and we had an opportunity to have a conversation and walk through the gospel. And sometimes we think, oh, man, you know, that it's so wild. Like, how do, how do I tell someone about something like that? But what's interesting is we went to the break. You had made the, the point of saying, hey, Dave, you know, instead of swimming from, you know, the dock of the bay in San Francisco to Hawaii— you would have taken me for what? Or for what type of food? Lobster. Lobster. Yeah, and yeah. melted butter. And melted butter. In melted butter. Yep, and Dip so we, we ended up, it. so I asked you, like, you know, do you like clam chowder? And it's like, yeah, and I'm like, you know, amazing. One of the, one of the coolest places that I've had of traveling a whole bunch of places is Granite City, and they have clam chowder. And on you're fr- like, on I'm going to have, and then I said on Friday right. nights, you know, and, and so not to complicate life and all that, but basically in that little small conversation, that's a testimony. I mean, that, it, it really simply is just sharing a testimony, sharing about something that I love and that you like and just a shared affinity and saying, hey, by the way, I found this here and 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 your desire to want more, me even clarifying, oh, by the way, I want you to enjoy this, but it's only on Friday nights that they serve it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I bring that up because sometimes we will complicate and think, because like this past week, um, Luis Plow, wonderful evangelist, um, lover of God, uh, he went home to be with the Lord. And and so sometimes we think to ourselves, like, I need to be that person, you know, I, I need to be, you know, all those giftings. No, you just need to be you. And 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 so going back to the story of Terry, uh, what ends up happening is in this Tim Hortons, sitting there having a conversation with this this man, um, he he's seen this gospel story. And I'm asking him, I said, Terry, have you ever seen this before? He's like, no. And I'm like, you know, does this make sense? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do you want this? He's like, oh, absolutely. And then he's like, but that can't be for me, you know? And so in the process of this, of God just opening his eyes that this gospel was really for him, um, it was such a beautiful, sweet thing to see. And and the story then unpacks itself. And um, when, his, when, his, when his dad dies, 
the response that he has to his dad dying than when his mom died because of the hope that he had in Christ, it so impacted his sister watching that that she gave her life to Christ. Because mm. she's like, I don't know what's happening. Because like, when when mom died, you you were like, I, I can't explain that. And um, and then you know it would be a, a little time later that him and his wife would you know reconcile, move in. And and then um, had an opportunity to share the gospel with her. And same thing. She was just like, this can't be for me. And it's like, yeah. And he was concerned about like overwhelming his wife. But his wife was like, I see this change in my husband's life. I'm still kind of skeptical of some things, but I see this change in his life. And so all of that to say is that I have this Bible in my office because of something that I could have never written into my own day plan in life. And to watch... And this is a point I have to remember. God is at work in people's lives around us. He invites us in to watch him do these miracles. And with stumbling words, and even with our own kind of like, what do I, what do I say? What do I do? He invites us into this to play a part in this divine, you know, mystery and wonderful thing that he does in bringing us to faith in Christ. And it's such a powerful thing that as we've been spending time in Second Peter, this is why the false teachers and the false prophets were, they were saying, look, you know, this whole thing about Jesus isn't real and, and he's not coming back and, and there's no hope in him, but there is hope in Jesus. And if, and if there truly is, and there is an enemy of our soul, he does not want us to know this good news. And also more than that, he doesn't want us to be people who are sharing that news with other people. So here's an interesting bill. Have you ever have been with a group of people and you've been um, hearing hearing a prayer request from somebody and they have a relative in a different part of the country and you might pray and say, well, let's pray. And you say, hey, Lord, just really pray that you would bring somebody into Tony's life to share and show the love of Jesus with them. I pray that all the time. Yeah. You know, and so here's here's the cool thing about it. I, I pray that, Rosie. You pray that? Absolutely. I think it's one of my most important prayers. Yeah. And so it's something that we pray because we care about people. And as you were saying, Rosie, you pray this every day when you get up. So here's the thing. Right now, we're in, you know, Minneapolis, and we're praying those things for someone. But And we're praying for that person who's in Albuquerque, you know, the person who's in Madison, the person that's in Jacksonville, Florida, that has someone. But we don't know at that moment that there's someone in Portland who's praying because they have a loved one who lives in Minneapolis. Right. And they're praying, Lord, would you please bring someone into their life to love them, to show the love of Christ? And that person is us. Mm-hmm. Strong, strong reminder, David, because that person's going to call their loved one in Portland and say, I met this guy, David Miles, and he was asking me about my faith. And the person's all energized. Yeah, and, and the person in the other states going answer prayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really is, and uh, you know we sometimes get to to see that, um, and God will use things like where you regularly go to eat, where you regularly go have coffee. You know, sit down, pray for people, go in, meet them, get to know people. Please, please tip well. Um, because I've 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 gotten to know managers and waitresses and waiters, 
And um, I remember asking a group of them one time, you know, tell us some things. And they're like, Sunday, Sunday afternoons are some of the worst days. They say people are so rude. They tip horribly. <laughs> and it was like, and they're like, it's church people. That's the church crowd. And because, you, hmm. and here's the thing. By the way, when people give like a criticism or something like that, Hope, you know, bite on your lip till blood shoots through your nostril, but try to not just automatically react and take a moment and actually listen. Listen before. And because I had a willingness to sit there and I, and I actually asked them to unpack that a little bit, found out a whole bunch of different just wonderful things so that when I actually did a message, I actually quoted them and I came back to them. I said, you know, some of the things that you shared with me, I actually went, and there were some good things that they shared. I said, but I, I'd love to share that. Do you mind if I quote you? And they're like, you quote me? And I'm like, yeah. So then when, when I did the message, I came back and I said, here's the message. And so they were actually able to listen to a service because I noted them. Long, long down the road, one of those waitresses ended up coming to Christ and started attending our church and getting discipled. And uh, it, it was super powerful. And like you said, one Sunday, her grandmother came from Winnipeg, Minnesota, walked up, hugged me with tears because she had been praying for her granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for for like unbelief or even sinful reasons or something like that, that this person didn't come to church. What happened was this gal, her dad had lost his hearing. And one of the things for people who have hearing impaired is sometimes in social settings being in a place where you feel like you miss your cues. So because of that and that happening, he stopped going to church. And so their entire family stopped going to church. And so here was a grandmother in Winnipeg praying for a granddaughter. And through a connection through a Baker Square, this gal ended up coming to church and started. So guys, there's so many different opportunities, so many different ways for you to love people and the reason why there's such an attack of false teachers and false prophets and false messages saying everything but Jesus is what we need is because Jesus really changes lives and it's trying to impede you and to keep you from sharing your story. I'd, I'd rather you tell your story bumbling and imperfect than just to keep it to yourself. Well said. And it's important to be um, available, vocal, encouraging, loving, caring, whatever group you might be in if you're in a bridge club or a bowling league or uh, a bird watching group I mean whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, because the person that might be being prayed for in another state needs to have someone that's within their field of interest come alongside them someone that they're already relating to through a a mutual hobby or or love or concern and to be vocal yeah it's kind of simple. We talk about let's not overcomplicate it. Yeah, let's not overcomplicate it and even take advantage of some of some of the things that are before us because, like, right now um, we're coming up out of a week here, and uh, I've gotten some text messages because I reached out to some of my friends in the Asian American and Pacific Island community because of the recent shooting that happened in Atlanta. And, look, you could have a powerful witness just coming along somebody and, and loving them and just saying, can I pray for you? Especially because in international ministries, uh, campus ministries, they'll say a lot of international students have never been in the home of another American. And so if you find someone and you pray with them, that could be really powerful for an Asian American Pacific Islander, especially because part of the, 
the, the, the story behind this is the gentleman who, who committed this crime, it, it talks about their actual church background. Hmm. So that might be in their mind, but to have someone just to come up and love them in Jesus in light of the current narrative and, and the harm that's happened, that can be a powerful thing. And that person might say, what in the world is going on with you that you're doing that? And that opens the door to share the love of Jesus. David, it's always a great reminder to remind ourselves who we are in Christ and just live out our identity and to love people Yeah, and to keep it simple. That's what we learned today at the Monday Afternoon Mix. Keep it simple, saints. All right. Take a little break. Pastor David Miles has been my guest on the Monday Afternoon Mix. We'll be right back after the short time away. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.